Peace be unto you, brothers and sisters. All praises to the Most High, ye children of Israel. I am your host, the Apostle Reuben. Without spot. Without spot. What does it mean to be without spot? We're going to go into the Bible in this uh, podcast episode to talk about what it means to be without spot. We're going to open up with the book of first timothy first timothy chapter six and verse 14 and the reason why brothers and sisters i want to um start here is because a lot of churches sunday churches i should say teach that you fall short of the glory. Now, when they say you fall short of the glory, let's get Romans. Let's let's get the book of Romans. To, um, let's get the book of Romans, chapter three and verse twenty-three. Romans three, verse twenty-three. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is Paul talking about? Let's get the book of Proverbs 19, verse 11. Proverbs 19, verse 11 says this. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. So man's glory is to pass over a transgression. But Paul is saying all men have fell short of passing over transgression. We seem to get caught in transgression. And so it causes us to fail or come up short of the glory of God. Let's get Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and I want to read verse 35. It says, The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. And you know, brothers and sisters, when we when we take a look at shame, what is caused from shame? Jeremiah 3. Jeremiah 3. And I'm going to read verse 25. And now what I'm doing, brothers and sisters, is I'm explaining to you what these words mean. Where does shame come from? Jeremiah 3.25 says, We lie down in our shame, and our confusion covereth us, for we have sinned against the Lord our God. And we and our fathers from our youth even unto this day and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord thy God. So, brothers and sisters, what we're looking at is sin is coming up short of the glory of the Lord our God. But does my question is, when they use this law and grace, we're not under the law, but under grace. What they're telling people, brothers and sisters, is that 
Okay, so you fall short of the glory of God. We are not under the law, but under grace. So if we sin, we have the grace of God. So in continuing in transgression of the law, we somehow will continue to get grace from God. This is what they're teaching you. But let's look at let's look at Paul. Let's let's go back to Romans. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5 because they love reading Romans chapter 6, 14 and 15. But let's go back to Romans chapter 5. Now, I, when I read this to you, I want you to understand. I want you to understand the doctrine that is floating around from these Sunday churches. It says, Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So they saying, see, it, where sin abounded. Grace came behind it. So the Lord our God is, 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 is destined that we continue to get grace from the sins of the people. But watch this, verse 21 of Romans chapter 5. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so grace even even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Christ our Lord so watch this it says I'm going to start over in verse 21 that as sin hath reigned unto death the wages of sin is death sin still causes death doesn't end there it still goes to Romans 6:23 when Paul says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.21. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace, he's separating the two, reign through righteousness. Righteousness is in the law. Righteousness is in the law. Open the book. Romans 2.26. Romans 8 and 4. Philippians 3 and 6. Isaiah 51 verse 7. Psalms 119 verse 172. Read those verses, brothers and sisters, from Old to New Testament. Righteousness is in the law. I gave you scriptures out of both testaments. You cannot get righteousness without the law. That's why it says in Deuteronomy, but you got to understand, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy 6.25. This is what the children of Israel agree to when they're talking about righteousness. Roman, I mean, excuse me, sorry about that. Deuteronomy 6.25 says, and it shall be our righteousness, our righteousness, if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. So the righteousness 
was in the keeping of the commandments wrote through Moses who had the Holy Spirit according to Isaiah 63 verses 10 through 12. Read those verses. He had the Holy Spirit. He wrote that through the Holy Ghost, which is not taught in you at church. Moses had the Holy Ghost. They can't deny it when they go to Isaiah 63 verses 10 through 12. He wrote that according to the Holy Ghost which they blaspheme every Sunday when they tell you not to read the Bible or, or not to read the Old Testament. Why am I saying this? Because when we go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 14, it says this. 1 Timothy 6, 14 says, That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to slow it down for a second, brothers and sisters, and say this. Romans 3.23 combined with Romans 6 verses 14 and 15 have kept people transgressing the law for decades and even um, I should say, um, centuries. They have, and, and centuries goes right back to that little thing called slavery. When slaves could not read the Bible. You can't have a war. As I said, I've done a podcast about the war has begun. You cannot have a war with this Bible if you can't read it. And certainly through little rituals, because that is what um, the children of Israel fall for, rituals. Rituals. Being baptized in water, you get the Holy Ghost. Plain old water. Not investigating the Bible when it talks about water. What is it? When we go to Isaiah 44, see, this is what we couldn't do back then. And the preachers are taught not to do now. Let's look at this water. This water was prophesied way back in Isaiah. Isaiah 44, verse 3. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. What is this water? Let's, let's read. And floods upon dry grounds. I will pour my spirit. That is the water. Upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Let's get Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, verse 25 says this. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. Watch this, verse 26. A new heart also will I give you a new spirit. See, that's why Christ said in John 3 when he was talking to Nicodemus, except you be born of the water and the spirit. The water and the spirit is here. Isaiah 44, verse 3. Isaiah 36, 25. The water was the spirit. The spirit is the word. Ephesians 6, 17. Romans 1, 23. John 6, 63. See, brothers and sisters, now 
the reading has escalated and our understanding remember christ said that um in john 7 38 he that believeth on me as the scripture said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters was it talking about real water no it was talking about chapter and verses because and um john 7 39 says he spake of the spirit the water was the spirit but christ said water and the spirit but what christ was saying is that the spirit and water are together in understanding See, you can't get baptized in plain old ordinary water and come up and think you're going to get the spirit. No, if you do not read this Bible, chapter and verse, you're just a person dipped in water and coming right back up. There is no saving in that because Peter says it, the baptism which saves us. Peter says it. See, it takes reading. See, Sunday churches ain't going to go through this. They're not going to detail this. Because why detail your demise? Why detail your demise? People will leave the Christian church. It's not designed for you to leave. If you're trapped up in the Christian church, if your conscience is seared, if your conscience is seared with a hot iron, if you, and, and, and I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, 1 Timothy 4 and 2 makes so much sense. Spring, uh, sp uh, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They got these people's conscience, the mind seared. This Sunday illusion is seared like a hot iron in a shirt. They can't shake it. They won't shake it. And we know, uh, according to First Peter 2 and 8, it says, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word. Being disobedient to the law, whereunto they were all, uh, whether, whereunto also they were appointed. Some people are appointed to go through the judgment of God and die in the lake of fire. Some people are appointed to that. We made we and we asked God why? Why? Because they believe they believe not in the love of the truth, like it says in Second Thessalonians. They will Second Thessalonians chapter um two, two verses uh ten through twelve. They refuse to open up the Bible and read it. You tell them, you tell them, you tell them they refuse. So when we keep when we go back to first Timothy 6 14, it says, Keep this commandment without spot. Let's look up what spot is. Let's get the book of Job. Let's go back to the book of Job chapter 11. Job chapter 11. And we're going to start in verse 14. It says, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away. And let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacle. What is wickedness? I'm, I'm, this is what is not going to be done in the Sunday church. Wickedness. Deuteronomy 17, verse 2. If there be found among you within thy gates, with any of thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, man or woman, man or woman, that has wrought wickedness in the sight of the Lord thy God in transgressing his covenant. So the wicked transgress the law. Proverbs 28 and 4, Psalms 59 and 5. 
Proverbs 29, 16. Wicked people transgress the law. That is the definition of being wicked. Wicked people do not keep God's law. Understand that, brothers and sisters. Verse 15 of Job chapter 11. Job eleven fifteen 15 says, For then thou shalt lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thy, thou shalt be steadfast and shall not fear. Watch the result of this. Job's going to go a little bit deeper. Because thou shalt forget thy misery. That's one way. And re and remember it as waters that pass away. Watch this. And thine age shall be clearer than a noonday. Thou shalt shine forth. Thou shalt be as the morning. Verse 18. And thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee. And thou shalt take thy rest in safety. See, brothers and sisters, this is talking about a futuristic thing. Now, I'm going to go back in another podcast episode, and I'm going to break all that down. But in this particular podcast episode, I just wanted to use this as a reference to what Paul talks about in 1 Timothy 6, verse 14. Without spot without spot let's get ephesians 5 27 ephesians 5 27 let's get a couple of more references to what paul is talking about because he not he he not only wrote this to timotheus he also wrote this ephesians 5 27 to the people of ephesus he says that he might present it to himself as a glorious church. Acts 7.38, the children of Israel, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. Let's get the book of our beloved brother James. Our beloved brother James, chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, pure religion is undefiled before God and the Father is. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. God and the Father now, talking about Christ and the Father. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. There it is, brothers and sisters, unspotted. Now, it says pure, pure. Not any religion. Not any religion, but pure religion is undefiled. Psalms 19, verse 1. Psalms 119, verse 1. What is it to be undefiled? Because everybody thinks that religion is these Sunday churches. That's, that's, yeah, that's religion. But Paul says pure religion. Is undefiled. We're going to look up undefiled and pure. It says this in Psalms one nineteen verse one: "Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord." So, if you're undefiled, you keep the law. If you don't, you're defiled. Because if you go to Isaiah twenty four, verse five, brothers and sisters, these words that I read unto you, 
are the truth. And they're skipped over in Sunday church because they're wanting to hide it from you. Isaiah 24 and 5 says, The earth is also defiled under the, under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinances, and broken an everlasting covenant. He didn't say the children of Israel in this instance. He says the earth, the globe. And as we read in Luke 21, 24, the Gentiles would rule the world, the wicked, until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. That's why the Sabbath is no longer. The Sabbath is Sunday. Because really, Israel isn't ruling. Gentiles are ruling. So Gentiles have no benefit in keeping God's law. There's nothing, you can say what you want, but there's no benefit to the Gentiles keeping God's law. If it was, they it would be kept, but it's not. If the Gentiles rule the world, of course they're the devil. They deceive people into not keeping the law. Well, I should, I should say they deceive the children of Israel and not keeping the law. And guess what? They have themselves ministers in the Sunday church. You can't tell me that a pastor hadn't read Isaiah uh, 66 verse 23. And 22 and 23, for I will make a new heavens and a new earth. A new heavens and a new earth is a new rulership for the earth to follow. And verse 23 says, and this shall come to pass that every new moon and every Sabbath, every new moon and every Sabbath, all flesh shall worship the king. The king is Christ. The Sabbath will be in the new heavens and the new earth. So why isn't it now? Because it's just like it says in Isaiah 24 and 5, the earth is defiled because they have changed the laws. They changed the laws to keep the children of Israel from understanding and then praying. Because see, that's what 1 Kings 8, 1 Kings 8, verse 46 and 47 mean. When I, when I focus on verse 47, Yet if they be shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they were carried captive and repent, return to keep God's laws, Ezekiel 18 and 30, Ezekiel 14 and 6, and Matthew, I mean, Luke, I should say, uh, 15, 7 and 10, and also Luke 13, uh, 3 down. Repent means to turn back and keep God's laws. And make supplication in the land in unto thee in the land of them that carried them captive, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely and have committed wickedness. And so return unto thee with all their hearts. See, we must return, that's verse 48, with all our hearts, with reading the reading the text. In the land we were carried away captive. Now, brothers and sisters, captivity. Is slavery. There's only one people that's been through slavery, the uh, so-called American uh, black Negro and the so-called American black Indian. Now, Indians came in all shades, but primarily they were black, black Indians. And they were also mulatto, which were which was the former name of 
Mexicans, many of the Mexicans, Incas, and all of that, they also were that, the Olmec, the Tutec. See, as long as many ministers hold the history, you will never know. So we've, we're looking at a situation where it may not look like it, brothers and sisters, but our captivity is no longer a carnal captivity. The captivity that we are under now is in the book of 2 Corinthians. This is the new captivity. This is the new captivity. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself in the knowledge of God, bringing and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, now we have to cast down these imaginations that hold us captive, like finding eggs in the grass. Rabbits laying eggs. Christ being born in the dead of winter. Birthdays, all these things, anniversaries, pastor anniversaries. Oh, the pastor gets a big gift for an anniversary. Him and his wife, oh, choir, uh, choir um, anniversaries. This, every little imaginary thing that is made up in church that people don't see in the Bible, that is your captivity. They've given you a little money here and there, but you getting money isn't ending your people getting murdered, killed, and kept poor. This is the object of the powers that be. You think that white people are holding black people and, and, and I would and let, let me use the right word Indians the North American slaves and the so-called uh, Mexican people the people of old of this nation you think that they are on the bottom for nothing Malcolm X already tried to remove that stat but they it would never be they got tricks tricks Remember Proverbs chapter 26, verse 25 says this, when he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Just because Caucasians come and they start talking this, oh, you're about separation. Oh, you don't, just because they speak fair, there's a seven abominations in the heart of that very same man. But our people are poor. Because they refuse to read this Bible. That's why Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 4 says, Therefore I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. Since we will not open this book and read about the nations and read about the various captivities, and understand the law. See, remember Nehemiah. Nehemiah has one of the um, 
uh, Nehemiah has one of the greatest, I would say, uh, verses in the Bible. When it says in Nehemiah 8 and 8, so they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly and gave them the sense and caused them to understand the reading. We understand the entire Bible if we read the law, period. We understand the entire Bible if we read the law. But if we let these pastors tell us, ah, we're not under the law, we're under grace, you don't have to read that Old Testament, then you're going to remain spotted. Hebrews, my last scripture, the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. I'm going to read this real quick. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. It says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him, he shall he appear. The second time without sin unto salvation. Christ never sinned. So when it says the second time without sin, that's without spot. Brothers and sisters, if you are in transgression, by the time Christ returns, you will not be saved. That's why Psalms 119 verse 55 says salvation is far from the wicked, the unlawful. But these preachers got you thinking. Brothers and sisters, stick in your Bibles. Read it daily, daily bread. And with that, humble shalom.